Welcome to the Standing Up to Pots podcast, otherwise known as the Potscast. This podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering the community about postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, commonly referred to as POTS. This invisible illness impacts millions and we are committed to explaining the basics, raising awareness, exploring the research, and empowering patients to not only survive, but thrive. This is the Standing Up to POTS podcast. Hello, fellow POTS patients and marvelous people who care about POTS patients. I'm Jill Brooke, your horizontal host, and today we have an episode of the POTS Diaries where we get to hear the tales of others in our community. Today we are speaking with Rachel, who is also horizontal. So thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. (laughs) Thank you for having me. So let's start out with the easy stuff. Where are you? Where do you live? And what's your age? So I'm 26. I live in upstate New York. I guess you can say it's a very small town called Ransomville. It's like 1,200 people here. Oh, okay. So tell us about your town. What is it known for or what is it like? Well, it's like farm country. So yeah, farm, 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 farm. That's all I can say. My idea of upstate New York is that it's very green and beautiful. Yeah. Like when you see those primitive paintings and all that, and you see the wide open fields it's and rows of stuff, it's very much like that. <laughs> very nice. So. Okay. So what are the other basics we should know about Rachel? How would you describe yourself? All right. I'll start with the before. That's what most people have known me as. I was just very type A and I owned a bakery and I'd go to the local farmer's markets and I was kind of like an exercise enthusiast. So I was never not moving. So you owned a bakery? What is that like? What kinds of stuff did you make? I made cakes, cookies, pies, tarts, scones, muffins, brittles, candies. Yeah, so much. Some breads. Um little pastries. Yeah. Unbelievable. What was your favorite? Like, did you have a specialty or did you have the one thing that was your favorite to make or that you were most proud of? I'm honestly proud of it all. But my favorite thing was my cakes and my scones. I was the scone lady. So you sound like you were super active, doing a ton. So what would your friends or family say are some personality traits of yours? Kind of just like hardcore, really goofy, like a savant with music and art and food. That sounds oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah just kind of tough, intimidatingly so. <laughs> so brag to us. Tell us some things that you're good at. And I know it sounds like art and music, but specifically, okay. what are some things that you've been proud of or skills or traits i guess artistically decorating my house my market stand was always just a lot of small details and especially curated pieces to make a whole thing that was pleasing to look at and i kind of treat my home the same way so there's that but also painting antique furniture and things like that i'd find i'd repurpose it and then put it in my home i'm actually really good at hair and nails i cosmetology at a point. Wait, can I interrupt? You're making me really curious now about your cakes, right? Mm -hmm. So what was your idea of a really fantastic cake that you would have made? So it would sound like they'd look like those beautiful, smooth, crazy looking Instagram 
type cakes. But I think for me, what made my cakes good was that the cakes stayed moist and I, I made everything from scratch. The frostings were rich and buttery and delicious and the cakes stayed moist and the pairing of the two was, I don't know, it just... I think everybody listening is going to be so hungry at this point. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I made it perfectly rustic is the only way I can describe this. I wanted it to feel like when you were eating the cake, it was just made by your friend or your family member, but had that little bit of like baker's touch. You know what I mean? It sounds amazing. Thank okay. You. More in the get to know you category. Sure. If you can sum it up in a minute or less, what's the most fun thing you've ever done in your life so far? Oh, most fun thing. I'm drawing a blank just because I haven't had so much fun. I've always been working, but teaching my niece how to bake sugar cookies one time, I was teaching her how to make the dough, how to roll them out and how happy she was to do it was that that's a memorable thing for me. How old was she at the time? She was eight, eight or nine. Yes. Very nice. Okay. So you did have a life before POTS or at least before bad POTS, it sounds like. So when did POTS strike you and what did your life look like at that time? What were you up to in that year leading up to when POTS arrived? So this was actually this January, this past January. At that time, I was going to outdoor markets in the snow, very busy. I was just working, but I was like happy to be doing it. And then I got actually infected with COVID on New Year's. And then not even two weeks after was bed bound, housebound. And I've just been trying to gain my strength ever since. So I've had pots since eight months ago, exactly today. Wow. I'm so sorry to hear that. So was your COVID very severe? Not really. I was still lifting weights during it and going for my runs and just only remember three days of fatigue and I didn't have a cough or anything and I was still doing everything I was doing. So I would say about a week and a half after it, the POTS was full force and then has not <laughs> let me go since. Oh man. Are you laughing so that you don't cry? When I laugh like this, it's halfway nervous laughter and then half, I have to laugh because yeah, I will be upset. So it's just, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I get it. Okay. So what did you think was happening? Did you think it would just pass or at that point, did you know what POTS was or how did you get from that day when you woke up and it was hard to get up to mm -hmm. knowing that you had POTS? I have felt all of these physical sensations before. What was different though was I was noticing all it's only when I'm standing up and walking around. What is this? So I was like, Google. <laughs> yeah. It showed up pots and I was like, what is that? So and you figured it out by Googling? Yes. yes. And presented it to my doctor. He's like, yeah, but you have anxiety. I said, but this is not that. And so he put in the tilt table and failed. 13 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. So once you had that POTS diagnosis, were they able to do very much for you to help you get better? And I should let people know. So you're laying on your back with your legs up in the air right now. Yes. And I guess, first of all, how often do you have to be like that? Is this a once a month thing or are you like this all the time? Now it's only like 
two or three times a week. When I say two or three times a week, I mean two or three days out of the week, but within that day, a couple times a day. But I used to be like this every day for, I want to say, six months. So what helped you get as much improvement as you got? I honestly, I don't even know. I don't know if COVID does some sort of inflammation to your nervous system and maybe over time you're healing and it gets better. But I feel like it's honestly just been time and I don't know. That's all I got. (laughs) Yeah. So this sounds like about the worst kind of illness you could have for being a busy baker who wants to go to farmer's markets. What happened to your business? It's gone. I had to take everything out of the kitchen I was renting while my grandparents actually had to help me move all the stuff. I couldn't even do it. So that was crazy. Yeah. So it's gone. And if someone calls me for an order and I'm having a good day and it's a short order, I'll accept it. But yeah, I had to go through and file for disability and social services. But the bright side of that is I can still do a couple baked goods every other day. Okay, good for you. A lot of patients report having a really tough time with disability and social services and all of that stuff. Do you have anything to share about your experience with it? Well, I'm still working on the disability folks. I know you get denied. You know, I'm having to appeal it right now. Social services is a lot easier to work with, given that you provide them your recent tax info and doctor's reports and stuff like that. It's not as many hoops and the process is a lot shorter. So I'd recommend just knowing that disability usually denies people like, I mean, I'm I'm not minimizing POTS patients, but they deny people who are dying. Anyway, I'd recommend going to social services first to get some immediate help. Like you'll get food, stamps, and couple bills paid. And so just go to them first. It's my advice. Okay. That's a good tip. Yeah. So how functional are you these days? Can you drive? Can you grocery shop? What can you do or not do? Cannot drive further than a few miles. Like after about three or five miles, I can't drive. I cannot grocery shop on my own. Last time I was shopping in a grocery store by myself was in February. I was kind of in the denial. And I was like, I can do this, you know, not really grasping what, you know. So yeah, I cannot grocery shop. I cannot drive. What I can do though is home stuff. I finally found things to help me just inside my own home, like stools. Stools are major. Fans everywhere. (laughs) Mostly just housebound and I can take small walks around my yard. I actually feel fortunate I can do all of what I'm saying because Yeah. Because you couldn't there for a while? I could not. Nope. Yeah. So what helps you the most these days? What can people do to give you the best support? And are there any other tricks or tips or gadgets or drugs or anything that you find particularly helpful? What helps you get by? So what's helping me get by right now is all the salty things. I try to find the healthier snacks. So like really salty popcorn and olives and pickle. I'm a major broth drinker, so it's more of the food thing that's helping me. And the small walks around my yard, I'm trying to condition myself to be just short bursts. And yeah, so just that. 
compression was helping for a little while and I stopped wearing it because this summer is a scorcher. <laughs> That's all I can say. And yeah, hydration. So just, yeah. And then what helps you mentally? What helps you cope? Music, reading. I feel like people that have chronic illnesses, you know, kind of like sudden or when they've had a life previous, they kind of lose their sense of self. So I kind of just try to do the things that remind me of who I was, but working within the limitations I have now. So I'll read recipes and research recipes and listen to music that I used to, you know, while I was baking or running or lifting my weights and just so there's small things to remind me. Yeah. Yeah, that's really smart. So what are your new favorite activities or hobbies that you can still do reliably? Hmm. So with the nails thing, I find, I mean, I can lay on my stomach and I have my UV lamps and gel polishes and things like that. So I give myself a new pedicure every week and it's, you know, it's fun. So there's that. I do a lot of writing and sometimes drawing, but I feel like I'm, I gotta get some words out or something. I'm trying to incorporate lighter exercises with bands. Like I'm trying to do wide versions of stuff I used to do, but seated and with bands and whatever I can do laying down. Do you feel like there's very much support for the long COVID community? Because it seems like sometimes, at least on social media or whatnot, it seems like sometimes there's people who don't believe that long COVID is a thing. And then there's other groups that are there to support long COVID patients. What has your experience been looking for support, help, answers, groups, anything like that? It's not been great. I feel like there's other people that might have it worse than me, but as far as people believing me, there's only been my grandparents, certainly, because they've seen me throughout the years. They know me more than anyone on this planet. So just people who were very close to me before are my support right now. I can talk to them throughout the day and they're leading me through. I'm on Reddit a lot and there's a heck of a lot of support there, even amongst the POTS community, not COVID related. but doctors are kind of like, ah, I guess, yeah, we are seeing this, but we don't know. So the big, we see it, but we can't say yes, because they got to rely on studies that have happened over years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the support's not great. That sounds really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know other people who have post-COVID POTS like you? In person? No. I've only made friends with people on Reddit, which is so weird for me to even say. Right. Well, it's probably somewhat like the people listening to this now because we've never met, but we have so much in common, probably. It's really weird, right? Yeah. 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 Is there anything that you know now about living with POTS that you wish you had known sooner? Do not push it if you're in that flare-up fatigue, can't move. Like, there's no reason for you to be pushing this. It's a sign for you to stop. Has there been any silver lining at all? Kind of. I'm kind of like reevaluating how I'm going to treat myself in the future. Like, this is a major self-care wake-up thing. I thought I was doing it before. This is a whole new insight to that. And it also made me, like, 
see who's really there for me. So relationship things. Yeah. That sounds really super mature. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. And I resonate with that, that you kind of learn who's there for you. You learn all kinds of things that maybe you did not want to have to learn, but are maybe good to know. For example, things like limitations of the healthcare system or limitations of the social net or things that I guess really open your eyes. 100%. Yep. You're exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. This is why they say ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And I <laughs> before all these ignorant people and then now I'm over here like, oh, I was the ignorant person. Oh. <laughs> You're right. Oh, I'm glad you can laugh. Okay. Are you up for doing a speed round where we just ask you to say the first thing that comes to your mind? Yes. What is your favorite way to get salt? Chicken broth. What is the drink you find the most hydrating? Pedialyte. What's your favorite time of the day and why? This might be controversial, but I'd like the morning. How early are we talking? Well, it used to be 4 a.m. Now it's 6.30. You are hardcore. All right. <laughs> oh, and why? Because I can have my only cup of tolerated coffee and it's cooler in the day where is your favorite place to spend time and why right now probably my living room where i'm at right now on the floor <laughs> the kitchen nice how many doctors do you think you have seen for pots only two how many other pots patients have you ever met face to face zero What's one word that describes what it's like living with a chronic illness? Unpredictable. Who is someone that you admire? Probably my grandparents. Yeah. Do you want to say why? Yes. They're like the only constant I've ever known. And they've been married for like 56 years. They're just simple and very community focused and they take everything as it comes and they're very compassionate and yeah they're just ride or die individuals and like anyone who's got them in their life is very lucky oh, that's wonderful yeah what is something that you're proud of my strength and resilience what is the toughest thing about having pots mm, just knowing that you have limitations the limitations and constantly having to get a grip on a schedule according to your pots and not necessarily how you want to live just constantly having to rearrange and acclimate what is the most interesting ingredient you've ever put into a scone or a cake mm, scone maybe candy ginger or bacon cake nothing too crazy there cakes are Nothing too crazy in them. I feel like scones, though, are I'll go crazy there. What's the secret to making a cake moist? If it's a trade secret you want to keep to yourself, we understand. No, it's cool. I notice buttermilk cakes and having all your ingredients room temperature before you start. Or when they come out, depending on how you're assembling or doing whatever, using a simple syrup. Or I make this weird sugar milk and brush it on. And I don't know. Just it could be a few things. That's what I'm thinking. 
Have you ever had to sit or lie down in a weird place because of POTS? And if so, where was it? I'm going to say like in the beginning of all this, when I was still at my kitchen that I was renting for the bakery thing, it was in a church. So the bathrooms were upstairs where the pews and all that were. And I walked out of the bathroom when I was up there. And I was like, oh my God. So I was in the church pews. Church was not in session, obviously. And just, it was a weird moment. Can you finish the sentence? People might suspect I'm a potsy when... I have to just stop and drop. Stop, drop, not roll. Okay, I have just a couple more questions. Sure. Is there anything you'd want to say to your fellow POTS patients out there who might be listening? Hmm, I'm going to say this just because a lot of us can feel super isolated. It's very cliche, but you're not alone. There's people who are like, just like you, staying in one place for hours of the day, just trying to recoup. And, you know, I would be your friend. You got a friend in me. I'm only on this podcast, but you're not alone. So, yeah. That's great. And last question, what do you wish more people knew about POTS or long COVID? I wish people knew that and I might even speak for all chronic illness people. When we say something, just believe it at face value. You don't have to fraud anymore when we say something. That's for real. I cannot walk from this car to this whatever. Even if it seems like, really? Like, are you serious? Yes. So I'm serious. So just believe what people are saying. That little thing that might not seem a big deal to you is a matter of breaking someone else do you know what i mean like they're at a breaking point when they say something to you so just believe it just support them yeah don't make them feel bad about it don't say oh if you push hard enough it's not like that these people push in their own ways every day even if it's small a shower and doing their hair and makeup and doing the dishes and you know like all in one day for somebody like this is it's kind of a big deal That's great. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights with us. I know that everybody listening is wishing you only the best going forward and hoping things get easier for you every week. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And hey, listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. We'll be back again next week. But until then, thank you for listening. Remember, you're not alone. And please join us again soon. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Consult your healthcare team about what's right for you. This show is a production of Standing Up to Pots, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can send us feedback or make a tax-deductible donation at www.standinguptopots.org. You can also engage with us on social media at the handle Standing Up to Pots. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing to our podcast and sharing it with your friends and family. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or at www.thepotscast.com. Thanks for listening.